Hey, everybody, Mike Rothman here, General Manager of TechStrong Research for another episode of the TechStrong Research Review. I'm joined by my typical partner in crime, Mitch Ashley. Mitch, how are you? What's going on? Good. Good to be here. I'm not traveling this week. Yay. <laughs> not traveling this week. That's right. We are heading into a holiday weekend. So by the time you see this, we will already be past the holiday, but we are recording right before the holiday. So as we like to say, it is the last shopping day of the quarter. So buy whatever it is you're supposed to buy out there and, and make uh, make some reps happy and so that they can afford their car payments and their mortgage payments and uh, all sorts of, of things like that. Um, but getting to our kind of nitty, right? You know, at least my nitty, right? You know, back into the security world, you know, since I've been with TechStrong, I've had to open my aperture a little bit to this DevOps stuff and cloud native infrastructure and, and AI, although everybody's had to open up their aperture to AI uh, on that front. But but this, this week, I really want to talk uh, about, you know, CISO level issues, right? Chief Information Security Officer issues, because I think we all kind of felt the reverberations when SolarWinds announced that two of their, at least two of their executives uh, were served with Wells notices. Uh, and that Wells notice is when the SEC notifies uh, an individual that they are under investigation for possible criminal uh, issues, right? Criminal indictments and the like. And again, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know the exact terminology. Uh, but suffice it to say, it is not a great thing when you get served with a Wells notice. And it turns out the CISO was one of the individuals served with the Wells notice. And he actually wasn't the CISO at the time, but he was a, a major player in the security team for SolarWinds when the supply chain attack hit, which of course reverberated, and that was about two years ago now, um, really reverberated and forced everybody to start thinking about what their software supply chains look like, resulted in the requirements for S-bombs. But I don't even want to talk about that, right? What I want to talk about is, you know, really understanding disclosure and consequence, right? You, you know, there's the expectation that you'll disclose any kinds of issues that happen uh, in a timely fashion, I think it's within 28 or, you know, 24, 48 hours or, or something along those lines. And SolarWinds did that, right? They disclosed that they had an issue within the, 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 the appropriate time frame. So you start speculating, right? And that's all this is at this point. It's speculation about why they would be found criminally culpable uh, in some type of uh, you know, issue relating to that disclosure. So, but even besides what they ended up doing, what does that mean for CISOs, right? Mitch, you know, you spend a lot of time, you know, you do CISO talk, you know, you're kind of immersed as, as much as I am in uh, this kind of space. I mean, where, where, where's your head in terms of, you know, the impact to CISOs of, you know, potential legal liability for, for what you think is doing the job? Yeah, I've been I've been through a couple of breaches as a CIO when we didn't have a CISO, so kind of became the de facto all of a sudden CISO. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's we don't. What's curious is we don't really know why. To your point, was it something in the process and procedure of how things were done there, or the response was done there, or was it in the disclosure? And, and to your point, I think the suspicions about the disclosure. Interestingly enough, it's the CISO and the CFO. 
or the two executives that were named. And there was also a Wells notice, I think a couple months ago or last year uh, to the company to Silver Wind. So this is the second notice, but this time to them individually. What I've read about is the consequences because it's some, they have lingo for it, but it's civil or criminal or whatever. But there, there's, of course, monetary fines. There can also be you can't hold a, uh, an executive position or board member position at a public company, blah, 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 blah. So there, there are career consequences, not as well as potential monetary. So I think it's really important. Whatever the SEC does is just to be really clear and why. Now, we'll see. <laughs> you know, Usually things aren't very clear coming out of the government because – the game of security is we don't all know all the right things to do. And even if we do, we can't do them. So you follow frameworks and you follow this framework for the NIST. You follow these guidelines for disclosure. And a lot of audit, auditing is all about not, not necessarily just what are the things you are going to do and what Kate circumstances, but do you follow it? And, you know, it's that getting third party validation. So curious to see, of course, this is a Russian actor too. That That's a whole nother level of, we can expect every company to uh, be able to thwart a Russian actor getting into your DevOps pipeline. Right. Tough, right. So there's, there's, there's nation state stuff. And obviously because the federal government was so impacted by the solar winds issue, because so many agencies use the Orion, you know, network monitoring technology mm -hmm. that was compromised. But again, you know, to your point, Mitch, about, you know, communicating and then being consistent about that kind of enforcement. Again, if there's bad behavior, and, and as you always know, it's it typically not the issue or the, the initial action. It's the, you know, kind of explanation, the disclosure, the cover up, the obstruction that tends to result in some of the more specific criminal uh, types of, of uh, uh, prosecutions that, that are out there. Um, so, again, I just think that as a CISO, we, we just need some guidance in terms of, you know, we know what we should be doing from a disclosure time frame. Is it, you know, is that enough? And are there things that really haven't been disclosed uh, about what happened with solar winds that, you know, again, would be, you know, kind of the, uh, the, the issue here? And, and we don't know. Right. And, and you know, you've got certainly some, one group, uh, certainly a, a fairly sizable number of folks that, you know, play chicken little. We are security folks after all. Right. Our job is to figure out how we're going to get killed every day. So this is just another thing on the list. Right. Oh, federal action. Uh, new, new threat vector. Attack yeah, vector. New threat. That's right. New attack vector. Um, uh, on, on that front. But, you know, I mean, I think that there are folks that are justifiably concerned that, you know, this makes the CISO job a lot less interesting. But I also remember when Sarbanes-Oxley first hit, you, you know, again, 15, 17 years ago, however long that was. And everybody's like, oh, nobody's going to want to be a CEO, right? Nobody's going to want to be a CFO if they have to, you know, sign an attestation to the, uh, you know, to the reliability of the, you know, kind of results that are that are published. Uh, and posted it. And guess what? I don't think anybody, you know, that's gotten a call from the board saying, hey, we want you to step up, said, well, I'm really worried about Sarbanes-Oxley, so I'm not going to do that. Thanks, but I'm, I'm just going to stay right where I am, right? Violations so, are pretty egregious. It's not a mistake and, you know, accounting. <laughs> right. Well, right. So, and, and, and I think, you know, that's again, the point, which is when given proper guidance, right. When given, you know, constructs for what we should be doing, doing it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and again, if you're sitting there covering stuff up or if you're not, 
you, you know, kind of coming clean when you need to come clean. Yeah. You, you know, you've done something wrong and there should be consequences to that. Uh, well, what about, what about so, Uber and Joe Sullivan? There's a case, right? Yeah. You're familiar with, we've all read about that. I mean, that's right. And, and he ended up with three years of probation, you know, for felony obstruction. Um, you, you know, and, and again, I, I don't know Joe personally, um, but from what I know, you, you know, competent guy, you, you know, everybody said he was, he was a pretty good guy. Um, but you know, did some stuff that, you know, potentially impacted the, not potentially, right, impacted, you know, the ability for uh, Uber to, you know, be truthful about, you know, kind of what happened uh, during the breach, right? And that's a problem. And, and and that's an issue. And that is something that is not within the boundaries of acceptable behavior for um, CISOs, right? So again, I mean, I think that what we are, we're constantly, and, and this, again, for somebody who's been doing this for 30 years, right? You, you know, for 20 of them, I mean, let's say 15 to 17, you know, we all sat in a room and bitched, you know, with each other about the fact that nobody gives a shit about what it is that we do, right? Nobody cares. And now oh, we can't get visibility. And now oh, the board doesn't care. And now, oh, you know, they don't take us seriously. And well, guess what, folks? We're in the room now. And, and when you do bad stuff, you're in the room. That means you're the one that's going to be held culpable. You know, you can look around and go, oh, oh, oh crap, that's me, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, so it's one of these things where be careful what you wish for, because we've been trying to become, you know, more high profile in the organization, you know, get uh, a bigger ability to sit at the table. Well, we're at the table now, and, and that comes with, you know, the positives, but it is a double-edged sword. And if you don't do the right stuff, it is, you know, again, there's just a, a a much higher bar that, that we're expected to uh, uphold. Yeah, I think it, it just goes back to now, we re- instead of just the CISO trying to struggle of how do I get others to be involved in this, it's you do need to run kind of red flag scenario testing, right, of your process and procedures, of course, having that as well. And just so when it's not right, we've talked how many times it's not if it's when it will happen. Yeah. Right. And at some point you might have a serious one, I mean, hopefully not as much as serious as solar winds, but could happen. And you're going to have to respond to it. And you don't want that to be the first time you've run the, the list down and out to the end zone and see what happens. You know, we, we want to practice that, you know, so when we do run it, you know, we have better chance of success. I'm curious your reaction to this, because in my reading about it, you you check out sort of the, I used to call them the chat rooms, but now the Reddits of the world and all these places. And the responses people have, with all due respect to them, are like, yes, nothing's ever going to be fixed until we can pierce the corporate veil and hold companies responsible and, you know, pull their charters. And I was like, God, people, what are you, you know, well, you know, you you always you know have what you're talking about. First of all, well, corporate mail. I mean, you, you know, you, you've always got the very vociferous, you know, significant minority of folks that would opt for anarchy, right? Yeah. Until they get anarchy, and then they're like, "Well, come help me!" But not you, me. You know? So I, you know, there there are always going to be those folks that are on the on the polar sides of you know just extremists uh, on that from piercing the corporate veil. Now again, a lot of corporations practice bad behavior. You, you know, a lot of folks do the wrong stuff in order to enrich themselves, and and there's no question about that. But to treat this as a systemic thing, I don't think so. 
Right. And and I think, you know, kind of the SEC kind of stepping up and saying, you know, we are going to be much more aggressive about looking for this kind of bad behavior, given the high profile nature of um, cybersecurity issues, given the fact that it is a lot of private data that tends to be stolen in these specific situations that puts uh, other consumers at risk, uh, you know, for identity theft and, and things like that. I don't think over time these are bad things, right? I do think that the government can be a little bit clunky in terms of how these things get rolled out. I do think uh, they're a, a little bit um, you know, ob- obscure or obfuscating, you know, kind of what the real issues are. Obtuse. Of, <laughs> obtuse, right. Uh, um, you know, under the auspices of, you know, this is an ongoing investigation and we can't really talk about, you know, what's happening. Um, so we're all in the dark until we're not, right? And, and also understand that a lot of the legal constructs tend to be years behind where the technology is. Right. Well, that's so what a lot of these notices are typically about Ponzi schemes, right? And corruption and, you know, heading down a RICO path or whatever, you know, something criminally, but in regard to federal laws. So that's what was so curious about this. So what is it? What are you saying? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. But, but you know, as security folks will do, we're going to talk about the roof falling in, right? And we're going to, you know, we're going to put our chicken little suits on and and, and go talk about how nobody's going to become a CISO anymore. Uh, and again, I don't think that's the case. I think seen that, a whole you know, bunch yeah. of people quitting. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I think the folks, you know, again, we, we, what we need is guidance and, and always, 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 always talk more, talk sooner about what happened. Right. And I know the legal folks don't like that because it sets you up for, you know, class action stuff. But here's your choice. Fighting with your GC about, you know, kind of potentially, you know, putting the corporation up for liability because you did the wrong thing or suffer criminal liability. Mm. Right. Criminal culpability, you know, for covering stuff up and, and hiding information. Hey, folks, choice is yours. You get to make that choice every day. And I've dealt with enough lawyers who have been like, no, no, we can't say that. That puts the company at risk. Well, guess what? I'm going to think about number one because I know you are not thinking about number one. I am not your number one. Mm-hmm. Right. I got to be my number one. And that means, again, you know, sometimes there are whistleblower types of uh, protection in order to do that. But, man, do not go down with the ship because the corporation will sell your ass up the river every day of the week. And that's just a fact. There, There is also the fear of whatever the ripple effects of this could be, could decrease security. And I'm not sure all the threads of that logic of why that is. Maybe it's because good people leave. Maybe it's because people pull back and, and uh, don't disclose as much as they should. I'm not sure what exactly people are saying about this, why this would but I guess it depends on what the ruling is. We're kind of gone down the, you know, how many, which chicken little do you want to talk about? <laughs> That's right. Sure. Well, we don't know. We, we don't know. But, but, but again, I mean, and, and, and I think as, as we want to, you know, kind of start wrapping up at this point, we don't know what we don't know yet. You, you know, there was certainly, there's certainly a scenario where this is pretty concerning, you know, to security practitioners. Um, but overall, I think that, you know, kind of having more of a spotlight and more specific guidance on disclosure practices is not going to be a bad thing. And again, I'll just make the point again. 
disclose early, disclose fully, and understand that you are, it's okay if you change the story once you learn more. Right. You know, you just say, listen, this is what happened. We think this is the issue. As you dig into it, as you forensicate and do all that, you will learn more. And that's to be expected. Right. But, you know, again, the idea, it's been made very clear, right, very clear that if you obstruct in any way, if you are not telling, you know, kind of the truth as you know it at that given time. And man, there's just so much paper trail now, you know, a digital exhaust. Uh, that that's out there, you, you're not going to be able to hide the stuff. You're just not going to be able to hide it. So, man, just come clean, right? You, you know, you'll get another gig. You'll do that. It's just just come clean because I'll tell you, having to deal with criminal lawyers and fighting the government, man, that will make your ass old real fast. <laughs> hey, speaking of come clean, we you and I are talking at Cloud Native Now event on, what is it? June, July 11th. Sorry, July. <laughs> it's almost July. Yeah, July 11th. And we're doing an update on our predictions from 2023. For Cloud Native, specifically. For cloud Native, yes. Don't get into the security one. stuff, really, but the Cloud Native predictions, yes. That's so right. kind of checking in. How are we doing? Were we off course? Do we need to course correct? And what, what didn't we expect? So that's happening. I'm excited for that and, and a lot of other great content. And then also, I wanted to mention on August 16th, we're doing um, Data Ops Day, which is, of course, focused on data. And given the role of security and privacy and protection of data, there's lots of opportunities if folks want to speak. I think we're still open for a call for speakers, yeah. uh, sponsors, things like that. So if you want uh, interested in any of those things, you can go to techstrongevents.com and register to go or, you know, submit to speak or sponsorships, all that good kind of stuff. But a lot of good content over the summer. You know, we're not backing off. We're, we're, we're keep keeping the pedal to the metal. That's right. <laughs> Hit the gas. Hit the gas over the summer, right? And and I don't know. You, you know, actually, Mitch, you're you're most at, at risk, right? Because it's actually beautiful in Colorado, you know, over the summer. Uh in Atlanta, it's kind of hot as as all get out, right? And down in Boca, it, I mean it's like 105, it's gonna be 105 this weekend, you, you know, in Boca. So that's not too interesting uh on that front. So it's gotta so, stop raining. We're, we're, we're gonna sit in the AC and we're just gonna work. <laughs> yeah, we had so much rain in Colorado, so that's not your typical. But yeah, it's still beautiful to, to, to what you say. I get what you mean, and it's not you know yes. sweltering. Can't go outside. Hot exactly. Sure. So, so I'm going to stay inside in the AC and just work because I'll work and no play is yeah. That's Mike's existence. <laughs> that's what Mike does. <laughs> I hear, I hear, I hear y'all playing on your little violin. I, I think, I think I it's are even smaller, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, another episode of the Tech Strong Research Review. Mitch Ashley, thank you, as you always, bet. for being my partner in crime on this. Of course. Uh, we will be back next time. Uh, maybe, yeah, I guess we'll, we will record next week after the, after yeah. the holidays. We'll record next week. Uh, we'll be back right with you for the next interesting topic that we'll cover on Tech Strong Research Review. See you all then. Thanks for joining us.